Do you think Iwata could have used a vitality sensor? Hello and welcome everyone to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 59! What the hell happened to 2015? That's right, we are back! After a one-week hiatus, and this time it wasn't because we were lazy, it was because it was the Judeo. Do you guys Christian... take breaks off because we're because la- you're lazy? Yeah, well, I do. Or I'm drunk. here. I'm here every week. So even if we don't record, I'm just sitting here in front of Skype every Wednesday night. He's like, night. please, somebody, somebody, <laughs> log on. I want to. I want to talk about ne- Hyper Neptunia. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we uh, we were gone for Christmas, um, and now we're back. We uh, all saw Star Wars, I imagine. Yes. What's, no, what's yes. Star Wars? Several times. Several times. Now, uh, my question is: Do we want to have a quick spoiler cast or spoiler free cast? There's no spoilers on Geekscape Games after the debacle of summer 2015. Well, uh, that's why I'm asking if this we is want a spoiler-free to... zone. Okay, all right. Well, we, so we the... do a whole. This is a, it, this is a safe space. <laughs> well, are we? Well, Jonathan already Let's did just... a spoiler loaded. He did, and it was an. It was a one. It was incredible. Spoiler. So, are yeah. we allowed to even follow that? No, I mean, how, you guys loved it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who doesn't listen to the main show and only listens to us, first off, thank you. Second off, why? <laughs> why? Second off, you don't exist. Yeah. Third off, go check the We'd main love podcast. To meet you. <laughs> check out the main podcast. They had a spoiler cast with Ian Kerner, John and Ian Kerner, and Ian Kerner. They always do the best episodes. Like yeah. they they yeah. did one. They they do one like typically after a major like comic book uh, based movie comes yeah. out. Um, they did one after Daredevil. They missed Jessica Jones, which I was really looking forward to, but they did Star Wars, so it kind of made up for it. And, and it was yeah, a great episode. It was very thought-provoking. Yeah. Made me think about a lot of things that I did not think about after my viewing. Um, yeah, and you know, it, it made me think that maybe Ian Kerner needs to take over hosting the main show. It got quiet real quick. <laughs> well, maybe I would, he can take Ian over hosting Kerner this show, and, and I can go away. I will say this about Ian, though. As a long-time, lifelong Star Wars fan who's ate up all the expanded universe and reading every single novel that's come out in the Lucas books. He made so many on point references to the star Wars universe and how Palpatine t- ties in and the Sith and the Jedi. I was really impressed of his star Wars lore. So uh, for anybody who loves the expanded universe and really knows their star Wars beyond the movies, the, that podcast is really worth a listen. Cause Ian and Jonathan really do know what they're talking about. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, what and it might have been a different podcast, but I found out there's like a ferret that like protects people from the force. It's yeah, it's from the uh, air of the air of the empire series. Um, what? Where it's Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn. It's not a ferret. It's a it's kind of like a kind of like this reptile like pet that you he kept on his shoulder the whole time that kind of um, neutralizes the force. Yeah. Uh, so he can't be affected. But that's is. what the closest thing we have to that is in that. Um, the trailers where we see the stormtrooper fighting Finn with the blue lightsaber or he's deflecting the lightsaber is not going through that, that, that baton. Uh, yeah. It's kind of similar to the weapons that the uh, Magna guards had in the, the prequels where they can, do, they have the ability to deflect lightsaber blows. Yeah. Um, and a vibro blades. That was a thing, right? Uh, God. Yeah. I'm, really, I'm sure it's, 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 it's kind of like the vibro blade, but it has like this magnetic impulse or pulse that kind of deflect the um the lightsaber yeah um 
What the hell? It's like animal that blocks the forest. It, well, it's bugging the shit. Well, my question, my question while watching that movie was kind of like, how were the storm? Why were the storm? Oh wait, spoilers! 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 Yeah, no, is that a, yeah, is that a you can't ask any questions. No, no, I, I know, but just I don't want to get in trouble again. <laughs> so if if you haven't seen the movie, and number one. Go see it. But if you haven't seen it and don't want to hear anything about it at all, then stop listening right now and come back when you have. It was wonderful, though. I had a smile on my face the entire time. And even my like my fiance is not uh, she hasn't seen him in years and and is not doesn't really know much about the franchise or anything like that. And like the moment the movie was finished, she was she just just like turned to me and was like, when can we see that again? Uh, Really? Totally, yeah. She awesome. loved it, and then she's like, "She's like, we gotta, we gotta make a priority to watch the old ones right now, and then we can reach Shadow Empire and like blah blah blah." Oh, dude, that's. Does awesome. she have a sister? <laughs> no kidding, everyone. You know she has a sister. You ask. I know. Does she want a green card? <laughs> a green card. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, the thing that I was referring to were Salamir. They're furry lizard-like tree dwellers, about fifty centimeters in length, native to Mirkir. Most known for their ability to repel the force by mm-hmm. creating a force neutral a bubble. force field force neutral oh <laughs> oh man king of comedy over here Dane Cook watch out Derek Cranivelt's re- coming for your crown you're anyway re- you're really uh, being so, a dick today you know that uh, I'm just like excited more than usual just, more than usual I'm excited so, um yeah Star Wars is fun. Oh, it was it was great. I there were just so many moments where, <laughs> yeah, you know, Juan picking I, up the conversation. Yep, picking it up. It was, <laughs> it was, it was up, on the floor. <laughs> I, I saw it um, here at Irvine at the IMAX as soon as I could with my wife and my downstairs neighbor, who's uh, just a big Star Wars fan as I am. It turns out, and my sister and my cousin, and, and it was more than Is that the we, guy that was be- cheating on his wife. Oh no no that's some that's the other dude that's some other dude no this is the cool guy downstairs who's uh, in a comic Star Wars uh, pretty pretty bitching guy uh, but we all we all had a good time and I automatically wanted to see the movie again like just needed to see it right after that I've uh, already to this point have read every single Force Awakens related novel and uh, really even uh, read the novelization I'm actually I'm in the middle of the novelization right now just to kind of get more info. Yeah, the because, uh, I've been uh, sorry I to interrupt. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I've just been. Uh, I if you guys read Slash Film, they've had great Force Awakens coverage ever since the movie came out, and they had a great article about the revelations that are in the novel and the things mm-hmm. thing that the thing that the novel expands on that may have not been exactly clear in the film. Uh, yeah. So that was really that they've been doing a great job covering, and that article was particularly interesting. Well, one thing that because um, the novel I think came out just when Jonathan and Ian recorded their podcast. Yeah, and it was a, an issue with some viewers about Ray being able to pilot the Millennium Falcon when she spoilers. So yeah, I, I, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, yeah, stop. Yeah, that in the novelization, um, or actually one of the, the shorter books. It's like the Before the Awakening, where it has Which three short book. It's a kids book. Yeah. It's like a, but it mentions that she is very good at repairing things very much like Anakin Skywalker was. And like Luke Skywalker, he's kind of taking Anakin's piloting skills and repair skills and giving it to Ray, which further leads to the assumption that she's pretty much Luke's daughter, but that she, she salvaged a computer that can essentially play video games in the sense of like uh, flight simulators. And it gave her the ability to f- simu- uh, fly any type of aircraft. 
Um, uh, aircraft, spacecraft. So anything from YT freighters to the Z headhunters to the X wings to A wings, she was able to do that stuff. Which, when she got to the Millennium Falcon and started flying that, she kind of had some experience from the computer version. That's where she kind of knew where things were. It could have helped a little bit if they showed that in the film to make it a little bit more clear. But that's the explanation as to why she was able to fly it. And we well, can stop if, talking about Star Wars now. If you recall. The uh, the 2006 movie of the year, Snakes on a Plane. The uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. The- Tracy Morgan. <laughs> it was not Tracy Morgan. Never mind. It was Kel Mitchell. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Do what all black that? people look the same? Oh to you? my god, Samuel wow. Jackson and Tracy Morgan. You got them confused. <laughs> are, are there black? People no, he was talking about Kel Mitchell. <laughs> no, not. You got Mace Windu and Brian Fellows confused. <laughs> <laughs> you got the kid from Good Burger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything Tracy Morgan does, but he the ends ends the movie by, by saying he could fly the Get plane. Car crashes. Yeah. Oh, oh. my god. <laughs> too soon. Too he's back soon. now. I saw him on SNL like last week. Yeah, but he too was soon. Hurt. He's walking anyway. Again. So um, so Star Wars was good. Snakes on a Plane was great. Uh, let's talk about news. It's been a slow news week. I I only have one thing that could potentially go like fifteen twenty minutes. So I want to say that. So I'll talk about mine first. Okay, perfect. So, twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> so, um, Namco Bandai last week. Since we missed last week, they figure it works for this week. Um, they uh, took part in the Jump Festival in Japan last week and had quite a few announcements as far as upcoming releases. Some of it was unsurprising in terms of a new Tales game coming out, which at this point, those things are might as well be the Call of Duties of um, JRPGs. <laughs> so. We have a new one of those coming out. We got new screenshots showing off some new characters from Project Cross Zone. Um, M. Bison was confirmed for it. Metal Face from Xenoblade Chronicles. And then more um, screenshots of like Ryo Hazuki in action and that kind of thing. Um, And then we got your typical... Oh, we got also a new One Piece game was announced, which again is like clockwork at this point. But the thing about each One Piece game is even though they come out every year... Each one is usually a different style. So this one looks really interesting. It's going based off of the more recent story arcs and it's going farther than the last like major one did. So like fans seem to be really excited for it on top of more like of the Naruto stuff. So it's I mean, all kinds of Naruto, Ugh. Huh? Gaijin. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it how we're, we're in a, you're the one who's always harping on being in freedom country. So I'm going to pronounce it how we pronounce it in freedom country. <laughs> Traitor. Traitor. <laughs> um, but most importantly, and the biggest piece of news I think that came out of it was that <clears> after <throat> literal years of silence as far as whether or not we were going to get any more of these games, they announced that God Eater was not only coming back and coming back to the West with its proper title because when it first came out on PSP, they changed the name to God's Eater. I guess they didn't want to offend anybody. But we're not only getting the sequel for Vita and PS4, but we're getting the remake of the first game, so anyone who missed it on PSP, it was essentially a Monster Hunter clone back before there were a thousand Monster Hunter clones. And it ended up becoming a fairly big phenomenon in Japan and kind of just dropped off because they didn't come out with a whole lot of new content after the first one ran its course. But now that they're giving it a second shot in the West, it'll be a good chance for a lot of people to get caught up on it. Mm. And then outside of that, the only other news that I thought was notable was that with as far as those Skylander amiibos that people were 
freaking out over and buying copies of games they didn't want just to get them. Turns out you didn't have to do that. Weren't you one of them? No, I wanted the game. But didn't you buy multiple copies of the game? No, my wife bought multiple copies of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so all, to all those people who didn't want Skylanders but wanted the Amiibo and bought it anyway, uh, they're kind of kicking themselves in the ass right now because they just announced today that the, that the vehicle and the character for both Donkey Kong and Bowser are coming out as individual packs uh, early next year. So, as far as the Dark Edition, there's been no announcement as to whether or not those are going to be released separately. And I don't think they will because it's supposed to be treated as like a collector's edition kind of thing. But if all you wanted was just the standard characters to collect and not actually play the game, they're giving you your chance after months of saying they weren't going to do it because they didn't want to create market confusion. And these are the, these are the dual Amiibo Skylander hybrid things, right? Right. So if you're one of the five people who don't have some form of Bowser or Donkey Kong at this point, they will act as a standard Amiibo as well as a Skylander. I don't, I don't have any Donkey Kong. Because you don't want it. I, exactly. So it's Can't kind of, come on a Donkey Kong. What? Can't come on Donkey Kong. Well, I... I, I he disagrees. Wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway. But yeah, still it? news week. That's all I got. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's it? kind of that like limbo week where between Christmas and New Year's where nobody really knows what to do or what day it is. Yeah, PR has it. I haven't got a PR email in like two weeks. Yes, that's true. Um, I guess the only other like uh, big thing that, that happened was uh, Valve had their big fuck up with Steam. Um, basically... They're, the company that holds their cash for their Valve store, um, they were getting DDoSed really heavily, and um, Valve servers were running at like 2,000%, and this caching company was having issues. So basically what would happen is you'd be shopping around the Valve store or the Steam store and go to buy a game. It would go to your cart. you go to checkout, and there would be someone else's credit card information saved in place of yours. Wow. So it was a big hubbub, and they fixed it. And a lot of people were like <clears throat> thinking they're um, getting a free pass but it it was a pretty heinous um, security breach. So um, they have an official statement, uh, and it pretty much says like, "Whoops, we're sorry. This is what happened." Um, and uh, you know, they fixed it out. They shut the store down as soon as they figured it out. But I don't think there's um um like you know, I don't think there's going to be like any like uh, like when PSN went down, um, people got uh, reimbursed for it. But that was uh, like a month. Yeah, but and people was, were paying to subscribe. Like that was PlayStation Plus was available at that time, wasn't it? Like people were mm-hmm. paying t- to subscribe to PlayStation Network, and it was out for like a month. But the big the big problem with this is that um, you would be seeing someone else's credit card info. Yeah, for sure. That and that or, or home address, uh, mm-hmm. and that's pretty uh, pretty troubling. I usually I you know I have that info saved in Steam, so it it made me a little little worried to. Um, uh, to hear that, but luckily I don't have any money in my credit card. <laughs> I'm poor. Shit. Um, selling plasma and blood. At least, I mean, you can do that there in your country, which is great. Yeah, you always have a source of income. Yeah, it was. Uh, I funny story. I was getting my physical for my life insurance, and uh, the woman uh, checked my left arm, and then went over to check my right arm, and she's <laughs> like, and she's like, she's like, oh yeah, there we go, and like, I was like, what? She's like, who? You've got really nice veins. And then she stared at me and I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel like that's a, was she a nurse or a doctor? Uh, and and I, feel, 
I feel like it's a medical. I feel like it's that's a medical professional thing because my fiance does that all the time too. Yeah, but she's like, "Can I just bring an IV home and like practice on you?" And I'm like, "Fuck no." Um. Well, no. I mean, like, it was at like some. It was like on a. It was on Saturday at four thirty in like some building, and like this wasn't her normal job. Like her day job was like something else, and she did this on the weekends. And like the way she looked at me, she was just like, "Yeah." And I was like, ooh, okay. And then I made a joke like, oh, I should put that on my Tinder profile. She's like, you should. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, anybody else got anything else? I, I think it'd be hard to follow that. Um, that was some great content right there. Can we talk about the only thing that I want to talk about? No. Sure. That's cut. That got cut, actually. There's a takeover the rest of the show. I mean, like, it won't take that long. It won't take that long. And if anybody wants to... It's not, it, it's not Destiny. It's not Destiny. Um, I haven't played Destiny in a, a minute. But did you guys hear what? Um, so um, did we you guys talk- hear about that Sparrow racing though? Ugh. So um, a few weeks ago, uh, Tim Schafer and um, this new crowdfunding company called Fig announced that they were going to be crowdfunding Psychonauts too. That they and, partially own, right? Uh, well, it gets better. It gets so much better. So um, we talked about how Tim Fisher, Tim Fisher, Tim Schafer. Fischer. <laughs> is on the uh, board of directors, uh, the advisory board. Um, but as it turns out, there's a lot more funny stuff going on. And um, there is a 21-minute video on YouTube by Dangerous Analysis uh, called Psycho Frauds. Watch the whole thing, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes of it. Basically, um, the, the the big issue is that they were at, uh, they were giving people an option to be an investor and make a return on um, the game and the investor level was $500. And um, according to uh, SEC, which is a securities, what's that securities and exchange commission documents that they have to file. Um, there's, um, there's actually like limits and requirements to be what's known as like an investor. You have to have like a million dollars in like assets uh, you have to have, or you have to earn more than $200,000 in the past two years, you know, two years in a row, there's some requirements, but there's a bill that was just passed called the jobs act um, that allows people to um, invest in stuff if they don't meet those requirements, but they have to go through like some hoops. And this is like an example of, of these hoops. So you would give them $500. You would get um, uh, 30,000 shares valued at like 0.0001 cents. Um, and the their estimate breakdown is for you to break even, the game would have to sell about seven hundred thousand copies at twenty one dollars, um, and you would be you, that's when you would you would break even, and then you would start earning money. Um, the the problem with it is is that typically when you're an investor in a company, you have dividends, so um, uh, you you own part of the company. You have voting rights. Um, you can tell the board what to do. Like, do do any of you own stocks in any companies? Nope. Nope. Um, if you own a certain amount of stocks in some companies, uh, you would get like a package in the mail. Say, hey, we're voting on things. You own a stock. Your vote is worth this much, but we got to ask you to vote on what we're doing. Um, you get no voting rights. You get no protection. And according to documents that they have to file with the SEC, um, the company that owns Fig um, is a uh, is a different company, um, which I think is called like Toothless or Something tooth. Let me see if I, it, it, it's not important. Another company owns Fig, and when you invest in Fig, the money goes from Fig to Fig Grasslands, and then it goes to Double Fine. And because of these hoops, 
Um, basically, at the end of the day, um, your um, uh, if the if the if the project goes belly up, uh, you have no legal recourse. Uh, if it doesn't go through and it fails, uh, um, double fine isn't required to return any of the money. And um, they're one thing that they have to do when they file um, as this type of company with the SEC. And um, this uh, YouTuber has links to all the, the public documents. They have to provide a profit analysis report. And um, uh, Fig, after being around for about six months, is currently in the hole about two hundred thousand dollars. And the report from their securities analysis uh, anal- analyst that wrote the document says, if this company keeps operating as they are now, they will last another six to twelve months. Whoa! Um, they are they're hemorrhaging money. The only way they're staying afloat is their parent company, the like uh, whistle tooth or whatever the tooth company um, is funneling money in to um, to pretty much keep them afloat. And if they fall apart, everyone else below them falls apart. But the investors have no recourse because of the Jobs Act and how all the money is being um, uh, all the money is being funneled. Uh, the problem with that is when you buy these uh, uh, shares, you're not al- you you have to hang on to them. You're not allowed to sell them or trade them for six to twelve months. So there's kind of some fishy stuff going on, um, especially how shitty double fine did in the past with the last crowdfunding um it seems like they're just doing it um more but uh it's uh, a little bit more blatant but if the sec public filing says company lasts is only gonna last six to 12 months um i would not put a dollar into this and only buy the game um at the uh uh, once or if and they there's all this other legalese in there about how they don't actually have to provide a finished product or provide a product um, even close to what they um, uh, what they're advertising right now. So it's a really interesting video. It's about 21 minutes. He goes into everything in much more detail. Um, uh, but it was uh, it was really interesting to see like what little power and protection you get if you get to that uh, investor status. And they're projecting that you know you can make you could break even at $700,000 at $21 a copy. But according to like sales data, most of those were sold in like humble bundles and like on steam sales. Mm. So the game at the end of the day, this, this guy who has a um, financial degree says the game would have to make $15 million for you to see any kind of profit. If everything is going about, you know, as their company is hemorrhaging money as much as they are. Um, and you know, the, the games themselves don't sell uh, at full price, full retail price. So pretty interesting. And I would love to get your guys' opinion on this weird kind of shady crowdfunding thing that Fig's going about. Um, do you think this is indicative of you know possible future crowdfundings? Do you think Fig is going to you know start crowdfunding other games, or is this a flash in a pan just so that Tim Schafer can take more pictures of him you know throwing money in the air? Like, I, what, what are your guys' thoughts on on this? I feel like based on all of the Kickstarters that I've funded in the last number of years and are still, and I'm still waiting for, eh. <laughs> it seems, you know, it seems no less bullshitty than, you know, a company pr- promising, Hey, we're going to send this to you three days after the fucking, uh, project is over. And now it's been four years and I'm still waiting. What are you waiting on? Oh, like eight things. Oh, geez. <laughs> 
I think, and I keep being like, this one's going to be different. This one says that they're not going to be like that other project. I'm going to invest in this one. And it's always the same. And also, I feel like I don't need to watch that video now because you just explained the whole thing. He gets, he actually, in, I, in twice as much time. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually like glanced over a lot of it. The, the company structure, and there's a graphic that was filed with the SEC that he has in the video, and I can't find it. So watch the video. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, the graphic of how the company, like your funding comes in to fig productions and it gets funneled around to a bunch of other shell companies. Uh, and then it eventually goes to sounds like funding. America. Well, it sounds like any kind of investment, but the problem is with the new jobs act coming out, allowing people to not have this, like to be considered like a VC investor. You, there was this huge prerequisite, like legally you had to have, you know, a bunch of, bunch of shit to be, to legally invest in something. And now this jobs act and the jobs stands for like, it's an acronym. It's not for like jobs, jobs, but like, business security or something. I can't remember what the, what it is. Um, but yeah, Juan, uh, do you have any thoughts and or opinions? I'm still waiting for mighty number nine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. red app is going to come out? out before mighty number nine does. It, it may very well, uh, come out before, uh, but you know what? It's, it's interesting how we have these kickstarters. And I mentioned this before that if you wanted to get a ground, going i mean game going for up from the ground up you needed to front the money yourself uh it i think it's a little weird that you're asking the fans to front the money for the game um I, you know because there's no guarantee that we're gonna get it and even if the game sucks is like you're paying for something that you don't even know if the quality is going to be to your expectations it's like you know I, i'm gonna give you ten dollars for this pizza i don't i don't, I don't know uh, how good it's going to be. There's no one's ever had it before. So there's no way that we can judge it from reviews, but it's just going to be in good faith. Isn't that like pre-ordering anything? But the thing is, it's, if you're going to pre-order anything, then most, more often than not, you already have an idea of what you're going to get because of prior experiences. Right. But very, like very, very rarely. Um, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but when, when you pre-order a game, Nine times out of ten, you're going to pre-order a game that you have a pretty sneaking suspicion is going to be right. something you're going to enjoy. You know, minus Usually something you're planning on buying anyway. Right? Yeah, minus uh, anomalies like Unity, which was a complete and utter disaster. Um, see, well, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but when you see anybody take a product and go to an investor with with capital and say, and I'm not a, a finance guy, I, I don't do business, but this is just from my just co- you know common sense. If you, as I say, if they took this game, Psychonauts 2, if I were running it, why don't I go to someone with capital? Why don't I go to an established publisher or someone that I can, be, I can work with and say, hey, this is the game. This is what we have so far. The entire original team is back. The original voice actors are back. Um, our fan response, you can see from social media, has been you know through the roof. They're really looking forward to us. What are the chances that we can work together to make this happen? I, I'm curious to see if like before they went – not through this Kickstarter, but this other like crowdfunding thing, if they attempted to go to other companies with this game in mind saying, Hey, look, this is what we want to do. And them being turned down. And this is their last ditch effort to make it happen. Because I would imagine if this is a beloved franchise and people want this game to happen, I would imagine there'd be some company out there that would be more than happy to work with them to make it happen and provide more money that the crowdfunding could possibly give in. Oh, absolutely. But and this is, um, just seems really, I, I mean, I have reservations about this, uh, you know, I, and I love psychonauts, but 
after the mighty number no. nine thing and seeing that the money that I put in uh, and seeing that they're making, they want to make a movie and a show like, and is that contributing to the delay? I, there's no telling that the money that you're going to put in, even if you're going to get some kind of residual or some profit, <clears throat> if it sells well, if it's ever going to happen and how long it's going to take. I mean, look, well, I'm already winning what oh, close to two years. It's already been over two years since mighty number no. nine. And there's really? no guarantee that we're going to get it. Yeah, it was announced, what, two years ago, two and a half years ago at PAX? It was. I was at that PAX. Yeah. And 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 we're still waiting for it. We're uh, it's it's and look, and I even give uh, money to um I only gave the money to to that and to the people at Way Forward for Shantae. And those both games were supposed to be out already. Now, are are either of you um uh, or either of you or any of you like huge Tim Schafer fans or any of the like, huge Psychonaut fans? Yeah, I, love Psychonaut. I was I was a Tim Schafer fan until the last couple of years. It's I All right. it, I'm I'm a fan of his. I and, I just have reservations about putting my money in a, to, into another project where I don't understand why he, a guy like Tim Schafer, who's known in the industry and I would assume is respected by some that there wouldn't be some other company that would want to work with him. Why is it that he has to resort to this to get the game off the ground? It, it, it's something doesn't seem right. And the, um, to, the, the, Oh, go, go ahead. No, to me, it was kind of ballsy that he went for crowdfunding considering what happened the first time. True. And but it's kind of, but it's kind of funny at the same time that like, despite all that, I read a news story today that they just hit, the three million dollar mark. Yeah, and I think the goal was three point three million, right? Right. Oh, that was another thing. Um, be uh, they uh, surreptitiously adjusted their end date, so it was like it was supposed to end like on the 29th, Um, and but they went in and like behind the scenes m- changed it to the fifth of January. Hmm. So, like, huh. like so they were. It, it didn't seem like they were going to make it, and they extended it. Yeah, that's that's an assertion that um, apparently. Uh, one of the sources that uh, the dangerous analysis guy does is uh, somebody on Reddit was just noticing and following along. Was like, "Yo, this is supposed to end." They were just at the you know the final stretch, and somehow they changed their their date. Like it just changed on its own, no notice or like, "Hey, we're extending it." It it just changed. The and the the thing that that I derive most from from this is that, I, and I don't want to say Tim Schafer the individual, but he's kind of the face of of everything and he's kind of like it's always like Tim Schafer and Double Fine. Um he seems to be a serial uh crowdfunding abuser with um Broken Age getting like, you know, they wanted 400,000, they pulled in 3 million and then when the game came out they were like, "Whoops, it's not done. We need to, you know, make the next game out of sales from the first one and we're going to release it in two parts." And then apparently he made another game called uh Space Base DF9. And they were asking for four hundred thousand, and they got it. And they ended up like refunding one of their investors. There was a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff, but they released the game to a point, and then they were like, "We're not going to finish the game. Here's the source code. Community finish it." And then they just Jeez. like w- wiped their hands and and backed away. And that was the game that you know when I, when I spoke a, a few weeks ago that you'll be playing and playing and playing, and then it'll just cut to black, and there will be font of uh, you know typeface that comes up that says, "Oh." This is what's supposed to happen, but we didn't finish the game. Here's the source code. So he, he um, the company has a a history of 
of doing this. And I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, this is, I really, I really hope that it's not going to be like this, but I feel like it's going to end just the same. It did the last two times where, um, uh, you know, it fell apart and they, they left with a bunch of money. Um, and, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting story that I want to see come to come to an end. I just want to see what is going to happen. I, I would love to see something where if I put in $50, it says, all right, I get this amount. You, you get this amount from me. But if the game doesn't come out at that specific time or the game's not to quality standards that we like, that there's some kind of refund. Or there's some kind of like backup because it's, I don't know many jobs where you get paid upfront like this all the time. Like I don't get paid unless I do my time. And I, if I did some crowdfunding, like, all right, I'm going to teach ninth grade English, but I want to crowdfund uh, $75,000 uh, right now. And I can teach, I could teach out of the book. I could just give handouts or I could be like a really badass teacher, but it's like, would be very unfair. I can't imagine anyone paying that money to a teacher up front right off the bat without seeing any quality first, you know, like I, I, it's very, I'm very hesitant to, to give money like this. And, and, and after the, like what you just said about what happened with those two previous games, it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense why he's going to do this again. Like I, I, I love psychonauts, but God damn it. Like I have and, and, and very little psych- faith that I don't know. I, I just have little faith that it's going to come through. We're going to, I'll be in my forties by the time that game ever comes out. And Psychonauts was, was published by Majesco. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up right. Yeah. Majesco and then THQ in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it had and all the games after that. Um, no, they did brutal legend, which was rare, right? Oh, that was that rock and roll. Jack Black one. Yeah. That was Act- Activision. Vivendi Universal was working on it, and then Activision bought them up and all their IPs, and Brutal Legend was one of the ones that they decided to keep. Mm. Which, yeah, ironically, so- like another person who's kind of hated by a lot of gamers, I guess, who follow the industry, but Bobby uh, Kotick, is that how you pronounce yep. it? Yep. Um, he, of all people, was saying that Tim Schafer was a nightmare to work with, and it's no wonder that Brutal Legend was in development hell for so long because he couldn't stick to deadlines and budgets. Let, let me put it this then, way. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. I was just going to say pe- a lot of people were saying, well, if Bobby Kotick is saying that you're terrible <laughs> yeah. to work with, then yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's that? But not, not to make the same compare. No way am I comparing the two things. But there was a, a press release that the KKK put out saying that they are not offic- affiliated with the Westboro Baptist Church in any way. So when you have the right? KKK telling <laughs> telling you like, oh, Westboro Baptist, they're 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 bad people. Yeah, that there, there's, there's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just looked up who Bobby Kotick is. Yeah, he's the CEO of Activision. So, if the CEO of Activision is telling you somebody's bad, then yeah, there you it, go. they're pretty bad. But you know, I was going to mention like a couple years ago. Remember when Bayonetta two was pretty much close to completion, if not complete, and they needed someone to help them publish the game, and Nintendo stepped in and said, "All right, we got you." I mean, I would even do something where like you want, you know what, you want to get this company back off, back off the ground get the game done, get a beta, something done where somebody can look at it and make a judgment call. Like if it's going to be a good quality or not, you could take that pitch it and see if a publisher will pick it up. Uh, to me, I wouldn't even advise anybody to throw in their money at this yet. I mean, we, I need to see something substantial first. I, I, it's great that the cast is back. It's great that 
the developers for who worked on the first game are going to be back to work on the second game. But that's not good enough. I mean, we've already seen with other projects where you can get famous and beloved and respected developers and talent and artists and even good perks, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to get done. And then even if you do give the money, they might come back again saying, hey, turns out we need a little bit more in the in the you know in the sense of a million more dollars. You know, it's... You know, and then uh, w- when Nintendo stepped in with Bayonetta, uh, they saw... And that is such a out-of-left-field uh, type of game for Nintendo. They, they saw a good product. They saw profit. They, they believed in it. All of these other developers and publishers all over the planet, big and small, haven't stepped up and said, yo, double fine. Exactly. Well, so there's, there's, there's got to be a reason. That, that's the that thing. These, that's the thing. It's kind of like make, that girl. There's a reason why that girl doesn't have a boyfriend, right? She, that hit too close to home on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been there too. I've been there too. But you guys are like, there's a reason. There's a reason why she's single. There's a reason why she's mm. single. Uh, or on Facebook complaining is like, I'll never get no man. I'm so lonely. And everyone's like, you want to hang out? And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> there, I know. I know another girl like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a reason why these companies aren't reaching out and saying, yo, um, let's, let's pick it up. And my concern is that, people that are getting into the $500 investor level aren't reading the fine print and uh, dangerous days, right? True. But uh dangerous analysis says, Shane always does. I, Hey, when I filled out the stuff for full screen, I read a lot of fine print. I read a lot of fine print and I've been getting paid for a year. It's been great. Oh, Oh shit. I was supposed to share that money. Wasn't I? Oh no. Whoops. Wait, we get paid for this. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, there's a potential to get paid, and um, also I would just um, like to point out the fact that I said on. we should n- not talk about the double fine stuff because it would take the entire episode. And then you guys said, not you guys, sorry, Shane said that wouldn't happen, and then it happened. All right, well, that's that. Well, hey, it was good conversation. Do you have any input? No, I was bored as fuck. Well, since we have a little bit of time, we were going to talk about our favorite games of the year, but. I Let's think we it. might be running a little late on that, so no, we can do it. We, we can, can absolutely do it. We we can we can do it. But I was going to say, instead of talking about games of the year, let's talk about game of the year. Or maybe if you just have like two or three you want to talk about briefly, because I haven't played anything this year hardly. So mine's not going to be long. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but but I oh. think we out. We how about we and Josh just do our games together? Because we had a conversation. Because we actually had lunch together today. I heard about hey. that. Nobody yeah. ever invites me for lunch. Yeah, me either. Well, we're only well, a couple of thousand miles away but <laughs> you guys could come to canada for so cheap right now have you seen my exchange rate when are you gonna invite i'll go to canada i will are you gonna pay I for my passport? passport i do have, you don't have a passport you don't have a passport we're getting off topic passports canada Run games games of the year. in your passport right. games i'll Geekscape. start i'll start no, i'll start let, let's just let's just i'm just gonna go down the article real quick um if anybody has any input let's just it, we'll make it quick we can do it quick not tim schaefer double fine quick but a little bit quicker um derek your number five game was Splatoon. Not a surprise. Um, every, every love that I, shit. I, I own it and still haven't played it because I can't play it on the gamepad. That's where I do all my gaming. Why do? You, what do you mean you can't play it on the gamepad? It has to be on the TV. Yeah, yeah. because it actually uses the gamepad, unlike every other game on the Wii U, which <laughs> is part played, of what makes Splatoon so great. I have the Wii U hooked up underneath my bed. I play it in bed at night. So why'd you buy Splatoon then? Because I, I didn't know. <laughs> 
can't can't you just make the exception that one time like whenever you feel like playing splatoon just be like okay well i'm gonna have to use a tv this time do you does it really can't you just pretend it's the ps4 for like an hour (laughs) all right it's not destiny then uh uh, your number four game of the year was until dawn which i kind of i was surprised to see that on your list i I know you enjoyed it but like i loved it yeah i was i was I, i loved that game and especially i mean obviously i'm a big survival horror fan as i mentioned fairly regularly and the fact like that is probably and as cheesy and cliched as the game is that is probably the best survival horror game I've played in a long time because it just, the whole thing felt great. It wasn't like, you know, like I was really excited for like the evil within and stuff like that. And those kind of fell flat compared to what they looked like, but until Dawn was exactly what it looked like and it was all the better for it. It was fantastic. Um, and then your number three was fallout four. Uh, really no discussion needs to go into that. Cause well, it's kind of self. I actually heard a, a couple people were like, to me, they're, you know, because you guys know how much of a fan of Fallout I am, but they expected it to see it higher on my list and faulted the game for that. It's But the game's amazing. It's no fault of the game. It's just that 2015 was a really, really great year for different and original games. Like, if you, well, obviously yeah. you're going to read the next games on the list, but they're insane accomplishments and insane achievements. Uh, anyways, go for it. I have to say that I do not like it on the PS4. I, and I've been, tr- I've been on Reddit. It's a Bethesda game on a console. It runs like shit. I, and so I've been on Reddit game swapping and I found somebody that'll swap me a steam copy for the PS4 copy. Um, and I think they're, I'll they're getting a bad deal. Um, <laughs> that, hey, anyway, uh, your number two was Witcher three. You've, you've, you praise CD project red and everybody. And then life is strange. Your number one. That actually warmed my heart because I, I didn't see it on the list. And then it was number one. You know, I was like going going through all of those games. I mean, I read the list, but it didn't hit me until now that I'm really shocked that Guitar Hero wasn't on there. It was in the honorable mentions below. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I know how much you liked it. And that's probably Guitar actually one Hero of my life. it's probably actually one of my top 10 of the year, too. Yeah, no, it's if if I had done a top 10 list and I just kind of felt like sticking to five. But top 10, I believe Guitar Hero would have been like number six. Really? Because that game is so much fun. And your other honorable mention is Metal Gear Solid V, which I want to tell you the ending so bad, but I'm gonna wait. I, I'm, I'm writing. I'm that. writing a list of. I'm writing a list of the top ten like gaming moments of the year, and that's gonna be in there. So one way or another, Derek's gonna have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, it said honorable mention Metal Gear Solid V. At least the mechanics okay. is what it said, because the uh, story is bullshit. Uh, Josh. Uh, your list uh, is in no particular order, but uh, Guitar Hero Live. Um, I, I I was kind of surprised to see that on your list, um, but you you know you did laud it and prayed it. Have you and... played the game? Yeah, Shane? I played it. Oh no, Shane, Shane have oh, you played the? No, I I've not. If you I've had played... played the game, you would not be surprised it was on the list at all. Okay, well it's I was surprised for fabulous. to be on Josh's. List. I mean, I was shocked because I've always been more of a Rock Band guy, and oh, me like, too. Rock totally. Band was a complete disappointment to me. Rock Band Four, and then Guitar Hero completely turned it around. And I had a lot of faith because the team de- that developed, um, and I think I've mentioned this before, but the team that developed Guitar Hero Live is the same team that developed DJ Hero, which is probably my favorite music game last generation. And they're just so passionate about it. And when we were at E3 sitting in on their presentation, like Guitar Hero, like GHTV was such a hard sell for me because the idea of not being able to pick what songs you want felt like such a foreign idea to me. But the way they explained it with such like passion and exuberance really helped me 
like kind of give the idea a chance. And then once I actually got to play it, once the retail version was out and seeing how all the DLC, even though you have to, I mean, you can unlock plays, but even though the idea is essentially that you have to pay real money to be able to play the songs that you want on demand, as opposed to just being able to buy it once and having it forever. Um, the idea of having it, like all the songs be on shuffle for free and be able to that help you discover. Feature. Yeah. Like if you are able to discover so many new songs and so much new music that if it was just on a list of songs that I would just buy and play, probably play once or twice and never touch again, I probably wouldn't have played half the songs that I ended up really enjoying through GHTV. Yeah. Um, uh, the next one on there, Skylander supercharged. No real surprise. There. You, you are a, a big, um, whore a fiend. Toys to Life, Disney Infinity 3.0. You know, talk about it pretty much every week. Right. Uh, and then, oh, and just to elaborate a little bit, because me and Juan were talking about this today, about how like Skylanders has never been on any of my lists, even though I do enjoy playing them. But this time around, it was just such a technological, like it was just technologically well made. Like there's so much, just as an example, like when you use Donkey Kong, he can summon Diddy Kong and he acts independently and shoots his peanut gun at enemies. And he could also make it rain girders. Thank God he said peanut. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Donkey Kong can make it rain girders and ladders from Donkey Kong, like from the old Donkey Kong games. While at the same time, Megan was using Bowser, who can summon Koopa Troopas and breathe fire. And then we were surrounded by a horde of enemies that are shooting their own projectiles at us. And the screen was so crowded, but yet the game never slowed down. The game and like didn't have any kind of graphical errors. And it even on like even though the Wii U is supposed to be the weaker system, it looked like it it's visually impressive aside from all that. And the fact that it was able to maintain its frame rate with so much going on on top of like the really creative level designs and the amount of passion that and, you could tell went into designing. When we saw it, it when we saw it at Comic Con and saw it running on the Wii U, I was really impressed. Like it was yeah, it, they're utilizing that console amazingly. Yeah, because these that's a big thing that surprised me the most because these games kind of have a reputation of being like cash grabs. But you can tell that a lot of work really went into this, not to mention that the racing modes that are included ended up being really well designed, too. Um, and it, it shows because I, I feel like t- uh, two of Activision's best developers are Vicarious Visions and Beanox and... Beanox did the driving mechanics and the racing, whereas Vicarious Visions did the core game. And I feel like it really shows. Yep. Um, Neptunia Rebirth 2 and 3. Uh, yes. Self- no. I mean, if, you, if you're any fan of the show, uh, or not a fan, and just listen to it because you have to, um, you'll understand. And then uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, not surprised to see that on there. And then Danganronpa, Ultra Dis- another episode, Ultra Despair Girls. Uh, and then there's your Splatoon. Uh, any input on any of those you want to touch on? Um, not too much. I think the biggest takeaway that I had from Xenoblade was because it has that huge open world, I feel like the expectation that comes with those kind of games, like your Grand Theft Autos, your Fallouts, your Witchers to a lesser extent, the expectation is that they're going to be glitchy messes because the world's so big that the game's hard to process. And I feel like Xenoblade, the biggest takeaway I had from it so far is that it completely shatters that mentality that we just have to accept big open world games as being really buggy and really glitchy because i haven't had a single issue with it i mean the i guess because of the lower um graphical processing of the wii u or whatever the case the only major like graphical problem is there's a lot of pop-in like stuff will just appear when it's relatively close to you sometimes Mm. but outside of that again much like skylanders it doesn't slow down it looks gorgeous um you know it's full of 
It's full of voice acting, so they don't they didn't cut any corners of the presentation. The gameplay is solid, and on top of all of that, it's relatively, or at least so far as far as I've played, it's completely bug free. So it kind yeah. of so it's again, it's ironic that the supposed weakest system manages to have an open world game where we don't have to just settle for it to being like a broken, not broken, but like glitchy, like a glitch fest. Absolutely, um, that's it's been. Uh, it, it's on my list and I just need to fucking get it, but I haven't. Um, Fantastic. Obviously. Uh, one, uh, is there any uh, games of the year that you want to touch on that you, um, real quick? One, Splatoon. Just one. Just one for me. I've talked about this, Josh. I think we were saying that um, The Witcher 3, Splatoon, and Rocket League for me are my three picks for game of the year. Uh, but if there's one that I'm giving Splatoon the edge over The Witcher 3 and Rocket League is not only the amount of DLC that they've given out for free. Check these numbers out. 40 DLC weapons have been released since launch and or about 10 new maps, all of it for free. Um, and they're not getting the praise that they obviously should deserve. No, for that. I mean, no, and it's not, no one's making a big deal out of it in an age where we have $50 season passes, right? And, we, hey, let's not, let's not go down to how much a triple A title is. No, 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 we'll, we'll not. But for, for Splatoon, the reason uh, again is because this is a shooter from Nintendo, an original IP, which when it was, you know, featured last year at E3, uh, the initial reaction was like, okay, this this is weird. But if it's one thing that we should have all learned from countless times with Nintendo is you can't ever really count them out when they come up with a new idea. And Splatoon... I'm still waiting for my Vitality sensor. Except for the Vitality but I never <laughs> saw the light of day. Uh, oh, but just today was announced... thing on my dick. <laughs> just announced today that Splatoon has sold over 1 million copies in Japan alone. That's not which counting. Is a, which is amazing. That's not counting. Exa- my sentiments exactly. That's not counting what is done in North America. But the the biggest reason for me is the cultural impact this game has made. I mean, there are people cosplaying as the squid, uh, the Inklings, the the fan art, the rule thirty four, the the food, <laughs> the food that's being themed <laughs> by them. The just there's this. What was such- that? What was that subreddit called that you linked me to? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, uh, uh, let me verify, but I think it's Splatoon. Yes, it is Splatoon.reddit.com. But the thing, the thing is with the <laughs> Splatoon is that it's a game unlike others shooters where you can get someone who's seven years old and play with a 27 year old or someone older. It's worth some show a seven year old that it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a game where you see people, they're rabid fans. It, it kind of, where you see call of duty, just cater to one crowd where you see Halo catered to, to a specific crowd. Splatoon is that one shooter game where for the most part, everyone has a fair shot of winning, you know, and it allows people to play in different ways uh, where other games the whole object is to kill or to detonate or to, you know, just capture the flag. It's a, it's a fresh new way of playing a shooting game. And uh, for that reason, and for uh, and for the others that I mentioned, that's why Splatoon to me is undoubtedly the game of 2015. And just on, on the final nail sure. on the coffin, it beat out Halo Five, Call of Duty, and Destiny for Shooter of the Year at this year's and Game Battle Awards. Front for, and, and Battlefront Battle for um, for multiplayer game of the year. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that's uh, and that says a lot. Yeah, Battlefront definitely. had its its fair share of problems. And I can tell when there's seven year olds playing with me because they drag me down. <laughs> so, so I've never wanted. That's why I've never won a splat fist. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've won two. I, I, I got a quick question though. Speaking of what we were talking about earlier, 
Do you think Iwata could have used a vitality sensor? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. That's that was that was good. That, that was, was like really a Shane good. level joke. It was great. Well, there wasn't <laughs> enough racism involved. Anyway, my games of the year. Uh, I had to I had to dig deep because usually I can think, oh, I play this, I play this, I play this. I had to fucking look at what came out this year, and I had to dig deep and scrape the barrel. Uh, my number five game of the year is TIS 100. That's that puzzle game where you have to like write um, assembly language uh, code. Um, still haven't beaten it. They're constantly adding modules. Great game. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Do I need to explain why? I mean, come on. Um, number three was the DMC Definitive Edition. Um, that was my game of the year. Or is it, it was in my top five a few years ago when it originally came out. So this version is just great. It looks, it looks awesome. 60 FPS. I love the new Dante. Uh, number two, Homeworld Remastered. It's like one of my favorite RTSs. The new like 4K version. Everything is updated and um, uh, homogenized between the two titles. Plus you get the one in uh, the original in their original states. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's fucking hard. Really hard. Um, but my game of the year is uh, Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. Um, and uh, it just but only... Uh, I loved it. I loved the story. It gave me that... It gave me that craving of like a Bioshock Infinite ending, and that's the kind of ending that I love in any kind of media. Uh, but I just put so much hours into it. Um, and my honorable mention of the year, Counter Strike Global Offensive, because besides MGS Five, I put more time into that than anything else. Um, Can you but do check me a out. Favor? Mm-hmm. Could you stop calling it Metal Gear V? Uh, have you beaten the game? No, but I know what happens. And I know oh, yeah. that in Japan, they verbally call it Metal Gear Solid Five, so Kojima's full of crap. Okay. All right, well. <laughs> anyway, uh, read the full... We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, we have some of our other writers in there giving their opinions. Um, but what do you say we get into what we've been played and make it quick? Yep. Yes. Derek, Derek I'll let you go first. Yeah, sure. So, uh, after seeing Star Wars, I obviously had a hankering to play some Star Wars video games. Uh, borrowed Battlefront off a friend. So fucking boring. (laughs) I think I I probably have played it for like 45 minutes total. And just because there's no, I I don't know what it is about it. Honestly, like the mechanics feel okay, but super generic. Uh, The graphics are gorgeous and it sounds wonderful, but because there's no, you know, there's no, there's just no, it's when you're playing like rogue leader or something like that, like, yes, you're playing these missions that you've seen in the movies and that you've played a dozen times or whatever. And you're doing a lot of the same things here, but for some reason it just doesn't feel fun. And there is no, I like, like I remember when the game came out and people were making fun of it for the amount, uh, or sorry, not the amount, but the lack of content in the game. And I was like, it can't be that bad. It's that bad. It's that bad. Like Mm -hmm. you were, you you know, like the whole argument on like, is this game worth this much? I can't believe the, like the dollar per hour of content in battlefront is, is not, not good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's not, not good. I don't even have a word for it. It's so bad, but that was, it's probably the most disappointing game that I've played this year, I would say. And it's unfortunate because I've loved the old battlefront. Of course, the gameplay looks gorgeous in this one. It's it's not it's not very much fun, and I, I was bored after about forty five minutes, and I haven't. I, I did pick it up one more time, but I, I and then I I played it for another half an hour, and then I was like, I think I'm gonna play Fallout now. Hmm. Uh, but in good Star Wars games, I have never played Knights of the Old Republic. What? Oh my god! And 
Back the, get off the show. So Where's Kenny. So I didn't own an Xbox <laughs> or a PC at the time. Uh, it's it, and it actually came. So it came out you on. Still I, don't own an Xbox or PC. I do not. He but it came out Xbox. on. It came out on iOS uh, last year, and I actually bought it right when it came out and put about an hour or so into it, and for some reason didn't play it again. Uh, since then, they've updated uh, updated the game a lot. It has controller support. It has iCloud save support, so I can play it on my iPad and then play it on the train when I'm on my way to work and continue the same save game and everything like that. So I've been playing that one a bunch. That game is fantastic. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I was actually playing it right before we started Skyping. Um, and I'm probably going to play it a little bit when we're done, except probably not because I got to get up for work at five in the morning. So uh, aside from that, I tried a the demo for th- there's a demo on PSN for Metro Redux. It's amazing. Didn't you play it with me at Comic-Con? Metro, I did not play. I've never played Metro before. I always thought it sounded kind of interesting, but I thought that it was an open world game, and it's not. It's very linear, and yeah. and uh, it was. I was just reading a th- a thread on some somewhere when I was at work uh, yesterday, and they were talking about some of the best like linear shooters that for, from the last number of years, and the ones that kept being repeated were either Wolfenstein, The New Order, uh, or metro and metro last light and, and I, so, I can see why you can you can be confused because the other games from that publisher are chernobyl yeah which, exactly i thought it would be like a chernobyl which i tr- which sounded amazing and i tried it and i just couldn't get into it because i'm not a huge fan of open world games typically uh but yeah i played the demo i played right through the demo on this one and i can't wait to actually pick up the full game because the store like sound sound is phenomenal the graphics are fun like the graphics are pretty good it's a it's like a redone version of a P- ps3 title but it looks actually quite good um but they, it's, it's one of the most beautiful games on a pc too yeah it's so atmospheric and that was really what sold it to me is it it's more you know it's like a post-apocalyptic nuclear title but heavily atmospheric and and more kind of survival horror-y than you actually the first thing that you, the first choice that you have when you start is whether you want it to be there was something like survival mode or soldier mode and one of them is like a more atmospheric survival horror-esque experience where ammo and stuff is more limited and the other one the other one is like a for more shooter oriented players where you have more ammo and, and there's more enemies and everything like that, uh, which was actually really neat kind of two two distinctly different ways to play the game. Uh, I can't wait to pick it up though. That one, I don't know how it, cause it, even the redux version is old. Like it came out mid last year for the PS4. I don't know how these games eluded me for so long, but they're amazing. Yeah. Um, we played them at the square Enix, um, bar. Well, I played it at the square Enix bar. I don't remember that. I just remember playing, uh, Hitman Sniper and yeah, Hitman it was Go just and, the, it was just and that right Nosgoth game, which was bad. I do remember you picking it up. Actually, I do now. Nosgoth was bad. It, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna let Josh go. What have you been playing? Um, I played a few things, but the biggest one that I wanted to talk about was the Force Awakens playset from Disney Infinity 3.0. How is it? It is disappointingly the worst of the three Star Wars playsets. Holy shit, um, really? And not not because it's particularly bad. Like, they're all essentially the same. They have, like, small differences, but their core mechanics are all the same. And it's funny, again, that you mentioned DMC Devil May Cry, because like the rest of the Star Wars playsets, the combat was developed by Ninja Theory and feels very, very close to DMC in the way that the melee combat works. But they added a few things to it that aren't in the other Star Wars playsets, like being able to collect scrap 
to be able to build um, additional areas or like bridges or ladders so you can get to new areas um which actually becomes kind of pointless really quick because when you level up you can unlock like a double jump which lets you jump to most of the places where the ladders lead you anyway but i mean outside of that it follows it follows the movie surprisingly close like i thought that it a lot of times when licensed games come out especially when they're shrouded in such secrecy as force awakens was before it came out Usually it'll be like some kind of weird side story that they just make up for the game. But in this case, it follows the movie really close. And I won't I won't spoil anything, but Juan and I were talking about it earlier. And they they do this like the funniest thing about the game is that they dance around a lot of the biggest plot points in the movie to the point where to the point where they don't show any of them happening. But there's like little hints that it happens to the point where it's just kind of like if you've seen the movie, you just kind of laugh at yourself. And they're like, well, I wonder how they came to that conclusion. Ah, uh, okay. But like the the reason why I say it's the worst one is just because um too much water? It's no, well, no, it's not enough water. It's too much desert. Um Really? Yeah, but not not that, but it like the environments, the buildings, like it feels like they really rushed this one out probably to have it ready in time for the movie. But like the buildings just constantly flicker. Um like enemies would get stuck. We just had so many more uh, bugs than we did in any of the other play sets and on top of that since kylo ren is the only jedi in the set and he doesn't even cu- you can't even play as him right away you have to unlock him um much like the other star wars sets the jedi characters are the most interesting to play as so um considering that there aren't any jedi aside from kylo like the cast doesn't really feel as fun to play with as say the clone wars play set or th- even the uh prequel play set so I mean, not prequel, uh, the um, original trilogy playset. But one thing that I do want to give that the new one a lot of credit for is it probably has the most entertaining um, space combat out of any of the three because um, it actually feels like a more simplified version of Rogue Squadron because it's like you're flying through space shooting down like Star Destroyers and waves and waves of TIE Fighters. And it's just, it's those sections are just a blast to play, I think. Hmm, right on. How about you, Juan? What do you got? Um, I haven't been playing much. I've just uh, been going to the hospital a lot with the wife, getting the check. Play trauma center. Trauma. <laughs> yeah, I should play trauma center. Uh, you should. You should uh, what's, what? You should play that. Um. Uh. That Cookie Mama spinoff, like uh, Baby, Baby Mama. Baby Mama? Where, you that, <laughs> <laughs> where you get the doll and you put the Wiimote up the doll's ass and and you you just like you know. If you shake it too hard, like Cookie Mama comes up and goes. Don't I should have bought that game two years ago when I was on clearance for like fourteen bucks. But, uh, but actually, you know, uh, I'll, I'll retract my statement. I have been playing a lot of Fallout 4. Uh, I started playing it on launch, but I once I got out of the vault, kind of like Josh mentioned today during lunch, is that once you got out of the vault, all right, I'm done. And uh, I just, tr- you know, turned it, turned it on today, and my wife was asking, all right, what's going on here? I said, oh, I stole the baby. Uh, I got to go here to, to go find out clues what happened. And then from there, it just really picked up. And the, in the last two, three days since I've been on vacation, I've been putting in like six hours, seven hours on Fallout 4 um, nice. in between visits to the clinic. So uh, I know as soon as I finish the show here, uh, she's going to want me to go back on the couch and do a little bit more. Let's see where the story's going. But it's it's getting good. I've completely lost interest in Star Wars Battlefront, which is disappointing um, because I was looking forward to that game. But like you guys mentioned, there's just so little content there. Uh, I'm I'm very sad that it's that um, – if you would have told me that I would have been this disappointed in the game 
uh, I would have said you're full of crap, but uh, that's where we are right now. And so, uh, but yeah, Fallout well, 4 has been the only thing I've been playing. That and Triforce Heroes. Well, IGN um, did say that Disney Infinity is the best Star Wars game ever made. So More than Shadow? No, yeah. that's Shadows of the Empire for Nintendo 64, my friend. Yeah, I don't agree with it, but that's what IGN said. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Um, I've uh, played more Fallout. Uh, can you make 10 millimeter bullets? Because <laughs> I'm running out of those fucking left and right. Um, I hate the settlement stuff. That mini, that like building mm-hmm. shit. And I, feel, I feel like there's no reason to hate it because you can either play it and love it or just completely ignore it. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess I don't know. Like it doesn't, it doesn't impede you in any. Like I've, I have not touched my settlements. Sometimes I'll go to like a new place and then it's like, oh, now it's a settlement. I'm like, cool, and then I never go back again. But I'm allowed to still not like it, right? Right. I mean, but to hate on something that's completely optional. Well. And a lot of people love, like, have you seen the stuff that people are creating? And they're like, I haven't even touched the main campaign because I've spent a hundred hours making settlements. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. I, but I like, I don't enjoy it either. I can see its merit though. Okay. Touche. Touche. Um, but deal, uh, deal with it or fuck off. Yeah, oh God. Love <laughs> that. Oh, I love that. That focused so much ammo for me on, on Facebook. Um, but I finished blops three. Uh, the and I got a very scathing write up for it, like ready to go. Um, I just have to actually write it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I can't tell you how like so. I was playing a co op with a, with a friend, and we were going through, and the whole fucking time we just had no idea what was going on. It was like go from one area to the other area, shoot more bad guys, go to another area, shoot more bad guys, go to a, a deserty area shoot bad guys then go back to the first area shoot different bad guys why are the what is bad guys and so i had to look up the fucking synopsis on goddamn wikipedia to figure out what was going on and i'm like oh this makes sense this makes sense this makes sense and like they're constantly talking about they're talking about like oh they they released the data they released that data and so many people died and we're like what what data what what data and like <laughs> I had to look up on Wikipedia and like oh yeah. they released the location of all the CIA fucking safe houses okay yeah that's fine and then the dude hooked himself up to the hard drive and another dude and Detective Staler got all mad and it was just <laughs> did you beat it Josh no but yeah I had a similar experience to the point where I had no fucking idea what was going on and that was it's like it then it just kind of like vomits in your lap like oh this is what everything has been happening but that ending. Oh my God! Wait, what are we talking? The most are we still talking about? Probably Call the worst. End. Yeah, I've I've read. I've no, read, they're talking about Call of Duty. I didn't finish it, but I read the ending, and, and that's probably one of the worst endings I've heard in a really long. Oh time. my God! Do I do either? Do should I? No. Okay. Wait, what game? Call of Duty. Who cares? Call of Black Duty. Ops Black Ops Three. Oh no! Go ahead. For me, you can spoil it. No, don't. <laughs> don't spoil it. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. We'll talk about after I'll the tell show. You, yeah. Yeah. Gone. It's it's. It's retarded. I have, I have one word to describe the ending, but I'll I'll save it for the end. I mean, until after okay. we're done. Okay. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, mission objectives. mission objectives. All right. Last week we asked you guys, "What is your most hyped game of 2016?" Chris S said, "Divinity: Original Sin 2." Robert B said, "The Legend of Zelda Wii U," which um um there might be some information coming out. Um, did Adam write that up on our site about that trailer? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, check that's that's my around the site this week is Adam's write up of a. Uh, uh, we're not we're not at that section yet. Pfft, fuck off. Um, 
Yamez S said, Half-Life 3, you're going to have to keep waiting, bud. You're going to have to keep waiting. Kyle H said, Uncharted 4. Uh, Christopher H said, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, wait. It's never coming no. out. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Sage C said, No Man's Sky. And Cree B said, I'm not looking forward or over to any games. I'm looking forward. Wait, what? I'm not looming <laughs> for. Fuck. I, I'm in a typo. Fuck off, Cree. Uh, he's looking forward to Horizon Zero Dawn. And then Cameron C said, Overwatch. Overwatch looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually hyped for that. Anybody else got any responses? Yeah, I've got uh, Andrew M said Triple H's return to avenge Roman's attack from Raw the other week. <laughs> and then he said, oh, you mean video game? Let's go with Dishonored 2 or the new Mirror's Edge. Uh, Miles H said Deus Ex. Uh, and Nathan M said there are so many. Hyrule Warriors, Legends, Female Link dual, reading cross- dual wielding crossbows. Yes, please. I'll take that. Uh, Legend of Zelda Wii U. How about- dual wield these dicks. Uh, in all honesty, it's a toss up between Horizon Zero Dawn and No Man's Sky. That's why people think you hate women. <laughs> both of the those games look like so much fun and have the potential to be a great time and that's it and then i had diana t said any new information on fire emblem cross shin megami tensei uh gog said persona 5 jonathan london our fearless leader said zelda with nino kuni and pokemon go close behind um mary c said last guardian in kingdom hearts is that our mary c yes it is well, give her full name. Give her credit. And, you know, she's a contributor. Her 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 but you, games of the year are in our article. You say Eric F all the time. I don't. You do. That's not me. I think Derek's the one actually who says Eric F. Yeah, well, and then we'll he changes Derek. it. I don't even know who yeah, Eric is. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I think he changed his name to Inverse. <laughs> Eric I. <laughs> Eric I. <laughs> Eric I. And then uh, Daniel S said. The final chapter in the Zero Escape series. That's 2016, right? Which I think it is. And then Adi G said Uncharted. Uh, I have a couple. I have a John N says Zelda Wii U and Star Fox Zero. Uh, Jalen T saying Overwatch with a giant exclamation point. And uh, my wife uh, also echoes saying Zelda U. Zelda Wii U. And uh, I know Carlos Lopez is uh, not here, but I know he would say Tumba. Fuck Tomba. Tomba, Tomba 2 on Tomba 2 on PSN. That's right. Um uh our our mission objective question for you this week is what is your favorite Star Wars game of all time? It's in honor of Star Wars. It's in honor of the Star Wars that came out. All right. Uh, w- uh I'll just I'll set it up. Toss it up. Someone go. Okay. Um I can't just pick one, so make it I'll make it quick and just say Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron 2 for the air combat. Uh, for the RPG mechanics and the story, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And yeah, it's one of those two. I Don't make me choose. Yeah, I feel like I can't say Knights of the Old Republic yet because I'm only a couple of hours in. But I feel like it definitely has, you know, once I finish it, it'll probably be that game. But uh, yeah, Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron 2 has got to be it for me. I play, I can't, like, I that was my first GameCube game. And I can't even put in words how many hours I spent in that game. Really? I bought that game before the GameCube was out. <laughs> like Toys R Us had a bunch of games out a month early and I just bought it. And was like, I'm going to buy disc. this and read the manual. <laughs> I, you remember I, manual? I, did, I did that for something. I bought a game and didn't have the console and I read the manual for like fucking ever. Weird. Huh? One? Uh, I'm going to... Damn, there, there's a couple because it has different things. Uh, Star Wars uh, Pod Racing or Star Wars Racer for the PC. That was mm. a good one. Mm. Right? 
That's right. Mm. Star Wars Racer for the PC, not for conference, uh! but PC. My God, it was a glorious. And you have to play it with a flight uh, yoke. Um, oh! That's right. Our <laughs> uh, Slatoon again. <laughs> second, uh, Shadows of the Empire was fantastic. Oh! And uh, lastly, just because <laughs> I wanted that uh, to participate in that space battle over the moon of Endor, uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue Squadron uh, for the GameCube. Oh. That that oh. let me live out every major scene from the Star Wars trilogy. It's still to this day holds up so well, so damn well. Uh, it still looks really good. Yeah, it still does look. It's good. It's, it's, crazy. it's such a well done game. Uh, those three games by, right there. So that writer who said that the no offense to Disney Infinity Star Wars Force Awakens playset, I'm sure it's a great thing, but either that person's never played the games that we mentioned, or they're 15. Like the, the, 15 is 15 is a bit a bit old. Yeah, but still, that that's well before than uh, the games that I mentioned. Well, they would just be a little toddler when. Rogue Squad Rogue Squadron came out, but damn, I'm gonna play Rogue Squadron after this is over. <laughs> <laughs> I still got that um, new boot and the Dubu uh, Starfighter still unlocked, so I'm ready oh, to go. Right? Yep. Right. That was like, and that was in wasn't it like a long time before the movie came out too? Right. It was right when the like, yeah, could, uh, yeah it was right when the movie came out, so that they had that in there, and you had to put a code to get it. Yeah. Um. Mine. It's it's a hard fucking tie between uh, Shadows of the Empire and Pod Racer. Th- those were just amazing games and one and pretty much like hit it all. Um, I did see a review of it um, recently from pro Jared um, and he does touch on how the controls were kind of shitty, but it just, it was, it was so good. It, and, and like, it really brought that um, like, it, it, it was so awesome playing a background character and dash render is still like one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters from, from the universe, but honorable mention, and you guys are probably going to fucking hate me for it. Uh, but uh, Force Unleashed one. No, that was a good uh, one. No, no, one, one, one was good. really good. Great. Oh, two oh, is a okay. piece of shit. Yeah, two was awful. Two was, two was bad. Two was like the EA Battlefront uh, of uh, <laughs> yep. Star Wars games. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's it. Uh, yeah, we so we got to do it around the site. Oh, let us know what your favorite Star Wars game is of all time. Leave it in the comments. Uh, around the site, mine around the site is uh, a- Adam's write up of this potential new Zelda trailer for 2016 is coming out is quite interesting content so give that a read i will say that uh, again i started the show with it i'll end with it ian and uh, jonathan's star wars force awakens spoiler loaded discussion it's absolutely fantastic uh, there are lots of uh commentaries out on youtube and uh, on itunes but uh, jonathan and ian's is far, by far the best that i've listened to since the movie's release go check that out yep same here uh i'm gonna go with the all of the um the best of lists. Uh, we had the movies list published yesterday. Sorry, the video games list published yesterday. Everyone's top movies were published today. And then tomorrow we have like a final wrap up article uh, going up that has TV shows and comic books and kind of everything else that didn't fit within the movies and video games um, piece, uh, geek moments, everything like that. It's a, it's a really good read actually. I'll have to go I'll have to check it out. Um, if I didn't contribute to it. No, you did not. <laughs> None of you did, you bastards. Hey, you I contributed movies. the only thing that I felt like I would have been valuable for. I could contribute to other stuff and just put garbage in there. Just contribute. My my top five favorite movies of the year. Star oh, Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I can't even remember. Been great. I can't. I, All what was that movie? That I saw Star Wars. The only other movie I saw in the theater was that Johnny Depp movie where he played Whitey Bulger. Oh, yeah. Um, Black Mass? No. Yeah, that was a fucking yeah. good film. 
Put that in the put, put that in your list and smoke it. The list is already up. You missed the deadline. I can edit it. I won't. All right. And then for uh, me, for me, I have a little bit of self promotion. I don't usually pick my own articles for my around the site, but I thought it was a uh, I thought it was appropriate to say that my around the site this week is my review of Call of Duty Black Ops Three, which just <laughs> went up because I figured someone had to get to around to it at some point. So if you want to find out what I if you wanted to find out what we thought of Black Ops Three, uh, go ahead. And- <laughs> you literally just posted. <laughs> That's what he was working on during the show. You cut. Oh my god. When did you start when did you start the game, Josh? Um like, like a week this morning. Oh my god. You cut. For those of you who don't get it, uh if you're just listening to this show, Shane has been working on the Black Ops 3 review for months now. No, Shane hasn't been working on the Black Ops 3 <laughs> review. I've actually been taking notes. I've been taking notes. <laughs> and no, Josh actually, in the span of a, what, like two weeks? <laughs> no, The but, game came out at the beginning of November. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, though, because I was listening to what you were saying earlier, and I feel like that would make a really good like editorial like what the fuck they do with the story because that's really really bad but th- and that's actually what what my review is going to be about because i feel like the merits of the game right now are like it, it you know it's it's not topical but i want to get deep into why the story was so fucking disjointed <laughs> fuck yeah you, for Josh. sure mine was mine is pretty much all about gameplay so there you go you're, you're you, you less than have... 24 hours in the year and you fucking got me <laughs> right at the end i i can't that was fucking smooth as shit, wasn't it? Like, because I I was looking at the front page, and the last thing I saw was a review of Hateful Eight, and then yeah, it just went up like, no, it didn't. Hit the F five key, and then boom, Black Ops Three. I'm like, mother. We need to keep this moment. So we have to tag this moment. So when we do our one hundredth anniversary show, oh, like our top, oh, top this is, moments this ever. This is my number one for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe well, it. Well, I feel like uh, did you months- did you see there was it was about two weeks ago on Facebook, Josh was like, he's like, oh, my school's finally done. I can't wait to start playing all these games I missed this year. And then I commented and I said, I bet you could have a Call of Duty review up before Shane does. And then it happened. (laughs) And the thing is, I feel like the last month and a half of shows have been building up to this moment. So it was like a perfect payoff. You are especially when Especially when you... Especially when you started ranting just now about how you just finished it. You know, this is, for anyone who's old enough to remember the old like uh, Warner Brothers cartoons on, on basic table uh, TV where there's that scene where Bugs Bunny the turtle beat him. And, and oh, yeah. Bunny, he's like, you little, why you, you, you can't even say it. He's just so frustrated. That's Shane right now. And just Josh with a big that, ass smile on his face. That was really fucking well played, man. Really well played. Um. Well, your title image has a bad aspect ratio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll fix that. Don't worry. I just use what was in there. Oh, Oh my God. Well, that was level 59, guys. Our last (laughs) uh, podcast of the year. What a moment to end on. That That was fucking fabulous. Holy shit. (laughs) Josh wins uh, host of the year. I have to say with that. I'll settle for Nepgear's husbando. Oh. (laughs) Um, as always, you can find us on geekscape.net. Uh, follow us. Uh, Except for our- Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to pour the salt in the wound, right? I did miss my mu- music Mondays. 
<laughs> oh, we, we, Jonathan and I know. Um, <laughs> Twitter, Geekscape Games. I'm at Shane O'Hare. <laughs> SS Jakin on gaming platforms. <laughs> I'm at D Cranavilt on Twitter and uh, Captain K17 everywhere else. I'm at the King of Mars uh, on Twitter, and you can find my game IDs there. <laughs> and I'm at Enu Joshua. See you back in 2016, guys. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. I think that was my happiest bye ever. Fuck <laughs> 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 <laughs>